2: ...talking about our Los Angeles Rams. Let's get to it. Hey, welcome back Ram fans. We have a special treat for you this episode. Ian Martinez and Paul Walia back for our weekly Rams roundtable. Looking back at the Rams' big win over the Cardinals and trends that we hope continue... ...or maybe some trends we hope the Rams can correct moving forward... We're actually breaking this up into two episodes. Too much content for one, so check back next episode for the second half of this discussion. Really good stuff. Ian and Paul know their football. Great stuff. Before we get to that, a couple of news items. The Rams have brought back Daryl Henderson to their practice squad, and they have signed Miles Gaskins off the Minnesota Vikings practice squad, so he is added to their active roster as he must be if you're signing someone off another team's practice squad. He's gotta go on the active roster. So it's gonna be Zach Evans, Royce Freeman, Miles Gaskin, and Daryl Henderson. Rams will have some decisions to make by game day. I'm expecting Freeman, Gaskins, and Evans all to get touches. Who can hold up in Blitz? pickup. That's probably the most important thing. Rams are going to have to run the ball as well. And no news on the Darion Kendrick front. Very doubtful we see him back on the field for the Rams anytime soon, unfortunately, due to his arrest early Monday morning. Right now, the first half of that Rams round table with Ian and Paul and the second half tomorrow. Hey everybody, Mark from Rams Up here. I have Ian Martinez and Paul Walia back with me for our Week 7 Roundtable. Just like we did last week, Tom Quartz hosted and just a discussion about last week's game and maybe where the Rams are headed, kind of a state of the Rams discussion. How are you doing, Ian? How are things going tonight?
0: I'm doing good, gentlemen, and thank God we won. Thank God. I'll elaborate more on that later.
2: (laughs) And Paul, what's up with you?
1: Everything is good out here on the East Coast. Uh, Great Ram win. Excited to talk. uh, A little Ram football and horns with Ian. I
2: have to tell you, um, up to halftime, I was feeling pretty depressed about my football team. But uh, as Sean McVay has has showed many times, um, he can kind of flip the script pretty well sometimes and you know half an hour later i was pretty pumped about this about the rams so what do you want to share with us paul what are your thoughts what are the what are the positives that came out of this this game with the cardinals
1: so i mean i i think i speak for ian all ram fans thank goodness they ran the ball
0: thank god and
1: yeah, and, you know, thank goodness for that because it really highlighted what we've been saying for the last couple of weeks. The just, you know, for everything from the O-line to the physicality of the blocking between the wide receivers and the tight end. Um, even McVay, during his victory speech, shouted out the O-line and the tight ends for their blocking. I mean, it just added up. I mean, they They just ran the ball at will right down the throat of Arizona in the second half. And you're and you're right. A really a really lackluster first half for a team that really shouldn't even have been, um, it shouldn't even have been that close. But uh, unfortunately, the Rams' game plan, like we said, just in the first half, it just was not executed. Um, but um, I personally, I love Ky- Iron Chiron was at his best. Um, the O line was just physical and nasty, and just did not let up. Um, it, it was just, it was just a great thing to watch the whole second half. Um, I know uh, I was jumping off the couch, screaming and pumping my fist, and I, and I really uh, I hope they continue that. Just unfortunate that Iron Kyron got uh, got nicked up. So yeah,
0: that freaking sucks, Jesus.
1: Yeah. So Ian, your thoughts on how they pounded the rock?
0: Yeah, it was great to see because that first half, gentlemen, I was my football soul was being. Uh negatively impacted <laughs> with how much passing was going on. I mean, we talked about it the last few weeks, gentlemen. Just run the damn football. And I wore my shirt on game day. Remember I said I was going to wear it, and I should have worn it tonight. Apologies, it's dirty. It's gonna, needs to be washed. Next pot, I'm going to wear it. But um, I was like, I jinxed it. I jinxed it the complete opposite way into the abyss of passing. I was like, I can't believe it. What was it? Three rushes for five yards or something terrible like that under fifteen for sure. And to see the second half unfold, and what I really loved is that guys, we finally started doing some pistol shotgun stuff because this is something that I've talked with you, Paul in the past. This is something I've talked with other fans and just rambling about the offense. And I was like, look it, it's public knowledge that Matthew Stafford, wants to be in shotgun he said this with his own words at press conferences in the past he says i like to be in shotgun because i can catch a snap and immediately survey the field to make the best decision asap and i get that we want stafford to survey the field asap but with that you tip your hand into mostly passing situations running it whether the running back is on your left or right hip as a quarterback your runs can only go a certain way you can run some counters where he takes a hand off fakes a go one way and then pivots the other but they, you're not fooling anybody most of the time like that unless the o-line does their job so i always thought in the past you can run your entire offense out of the pistol you can run everything you do under center out of the pistol you can do everything you do out of shotgun out of the pistol why because the running back is behind the quarterback just like under center you can do all your traditional run plays that you would do under center or in the eye or whatever formation and you can do all your shotgun passing plays equally and to see us do that to see us run Wham duo toss leads counters out of that with Kyron it was like why are we doing this every game but I'm glad it happened in the second half because my oh my if we would have lost this game like i said last week the season was all you could say it's practically over and we'll just we'll see you in 2024 so those were great things that i was happy to see and see the o-line just maul every arizona defender in the box it was great to see so those are my quick thoughts just run the damn football jesus didn't you guys also um, were you guys
2: surprised by how effective kyron was i mean Aside from the blocking, the way he finished his runs, the way he hit the holes, his elusiveness, his power—I I was really shocked. I—I I knew he had the potential to be a good running back, but uh, I was thoroughly impressed.
1: Uh, yeah, and you know it was a shout out to Iron Kyren man, and that's exactly what we had talked about. The kid doesn't run out of bounds. Notice he turned everything upfield. He was—you know—he was hitting those lanes um he was it was just chunk yardage man and the kid is tough as nails man low to the ground tough as he's got that wiggle as well as you know the uh toughness uh, great vision um And one thing about Kyron Will- Kyron Williams Ram nation when when he when he gets back and they get back to running the ball again just watch and take note of his patience. he lets the plays develop. And when, when Iron Kyron gets himself into trouble is when he's not patient on the running plays, right? And he yeah. was getting ahead of himself a little bit, but he was patient. He let everything come to him. And uh, also running out of the pistol. You know, the pistol, you know, going back to like uh, when Nevada ran it with uh, C. Kaepernick, right? One yeah. what, what of the advantages of the pistol and why it was created, just like Ian said, is that it allows you to run virtually your entire offense. Right. Whereas with the shotgun, it does compromise a couple of things. But with the pistol, it's sort of like a middle ground. But did you notice something that we've always talked about and a lot of times doesn't get shouted out enough? Matthew Stafford and his ability to handle the ball. He handles the ball like a point guard.
0: Oh, it's fantastic. He, really he would have made, made a great wing T double wing single wing 1935 quarterback with his <laughs> ball handling. Because, you know, in those offenses, there is a lot of misdirection and fakes that need to go down. You know, if anyone knows those offenses, it's a lot of trickery with a lot of pulling guards. So there's just, there's just tons of movement that is hard to track as a defender. And yeah. Matthew is his play fakes. They're great, man. Whether it's, you know, faking on a boot, faking on a traditional dive wham concept. And then, you know, doing a drop back, whether it's him faking jet sweep, all of it, he's, you're right, Paul. I mean, <laughs> I'm sure he could shoot a little bit and hoop around. I'm sure he's got that in. Yeah. Matthew, Matthew's I'm a good laugh, you, man. <laughs>
1: I mean, so Ram Nation, don't worry. I don't think we're going to be adding the RPO anytime soon. Oh, no. But shout out to Matt Stafford. I love but, Stafford.
0: But you know what? There was a couple times, and we'll get into that, he's – He's a little slowpoke sometimes. Let's just keep it real. There's those moments where we hold our breath when he takes yeah. off. But this game, he, he was trying to, but he just wasn't fast enough. So there's there's, there's yeah. none of that happening soon. And that's fine with yeah, me. I later. think
1: Jalen Hurts is safe. I don't think he's uh, – Stafford's not challenging him for the rushing crown. for Oh, tonight. no. But one thing um, I think the pistol brought that – McVeigh has desperately been trying to implement over the last two three years. And McVeigh is right about this aspect of that offense is that when the Rams can go up-tempo, when they can go up-tempo, when I think not necessarily a no-huddle, but when they can go quick huddle, which they did infinitely better when they were in the pistol. They did. When they can go up-tempo and not allow that defense to get set and make the appropriate shifts, get those appropriate substitutions, it's a big, big advantage for the Rams. And you saw that. The tempo was everything in the second half. It really was. The Rams' offense looked like a different type of machine. Very, very effective in the second half. And I think that tempo aspect out of the pistol, I think we're going to see a lot more of that moving forward.
0: Oh, yeah, we need it desperately. And to the defensive side, I'm just really happy to see Byron Young and Kobe Turner really, really put on a nice set of film from this last game. They played really well, I thought. There was moments. Nothing's perfect, everybody. We're not asking them to both have double-digit sacks, right? Something insane where you're like, you know, hey, you know what I'm saying? And I just think for them, with such an increased role over the weeks they've both been getting more and more and more byron doesn't come off the field at all kobe turner barely came off the field for a few reps here and there you know with the injury to bobby brown and i thought they both played really really well and there's others that played really great we'll get into that too but for the two rookies on film i was like good job sneed good job scouting department you guys chose some underrated dogs and yeah, I, before I we get to the individual,
1: out, yeah, in in your your spot on. Before we get to the individual shout outs sh- let's keep it in context, man. The defense kept us in the game, right yeah, after that Trammel fumble, right. That yeah, could have been a, a huge momentum swing, right. And the defense held them to a field goal. Listen, the Rams defense has not received enough credit for what they have done. They have really ha- held it together. And shout out to uh, Coach Raheem. For you know, keeping that defense playing at a very, very high level uh, with a with uh, listen, not a lot of uh, firepower back there, so m- getting it done with scheme, getting it done with having the team prepared with quality scouting, really being able to take away what the offense. That's been a consistent theme of this d- defense, and what re- and that's when Raheem is at his best coach Morris way to go man taking away what the other team wants to do and making them beat you with their plan b right that's what he's been able to do so shout out to the d uh kept the rams in the game until they woke up in the second half otherwise you're right this could have been ugly in the first half in the other direction
0: yeah and and it's it's really great to see raheem Morris fully blossom I feel I felt like there was maybe a a coaching clash philosophy, not that coach McVay and coach Morris had any issues, but I just thought the schematics of the previous seasons were flawed. And we've gone deep into that about the soft zone to seven, eight yards away from the opposing pass catchers. And that's obviously driven, driven everybody mad in Raps nation for the last few years. So I just think the philosophy change of, Hey man, we're going to be more aggressive with our coverage. We're going to be more dynamic with our stunts and blitz packages. I think it's shown its positive, you know, football head. And it's been great to see. Because if you were to tell me three months ago that the defense would be severely outperforming a McVay offense, I'd be like, you're out of your you're out of your damn mind. <laughs> Stafford, Cup, Higby, you know what I'm saying? Like, we can go down the list of offense guys. you would be like, there's no way. There would be no way that the defense would be playing and keeping us in games like they have these first six weeks. So shout out to them and I'll get into the schematics later. We can dive into that. What, I, what I've seen uh, good end things to work on, but for a young group for a group that was rated by pretty much every network and every sports website, they're a bottom five. They're playing like a top 10 unit, man. Yeah. I think and uh, to Tom it.
2: and I, Tom and I had talked about, <clears throat> talked about this before the season and our Our thoughts were the Rams are going to have to outscore other teams uh, the way this team was uh, built. Oh, yeah. That, you know, it's going to be – they're going to be winning games uh, 31 to 27, something like that, and that has not been the case. Defense has played really well.
1: Yeah. And, um, uh, Mark, what do you think? Uh, Let's do the offensive shout-outs. Ian, uh, two players on offense that you want to shout out that, you know,
0: brought the pain. I want to shout out the entire line and they all played well. And I thought there's some things we could talk about when we get to the negatives that I think they need improvement on. That's been a theme, but overall in the run game, everyone played well, but specifically young Steve Avila and the former Pittsburgh Steeler, Kevin Dotson, those two guards mauled everybody in the run game great technique great anger on film i mean they're someone must have talked, talked bad about their mamas because they look like that <laughs> on film man we're talking finishing pancake blocks bury them in the turf and just so uh, a determination and a will to just get the people the hell out of the way for kyron and the and the running game and those two specifically played angry that second half and it showed, and that is a big reason why Kyron had over 150 rushing yards for, for an incredible career performance on his end. So those two specifically, and Coleman had a great day. Rob had a, Havenstein had a good day. Alarg had a solid day in the run game. But those two guards, man, young Avila and then up-and-coming Dotson, those guys mauled the Arizona front seven. That was awesome to see on film.
1: Yeah, an offense uh m- my boy uh I got to go with uh Coleman.
0: You know, hey, the and- LA the LA native, Paul.
1: Woo. Yeah, that's cool, man. Dude, did did you notice on that one play uh, Even Vilma and listen, let's just, you know, one side shout out. Mark, I said it 2 weeks ago. Vilma called that game. Did Vilma represent? Come on. Can we send this guy
2: the honorary uh, I, I horn f- helmet? I felt like he'd been listening to you actually.
0: <laughs> he might you might be tuning in, Paul. I mean, shoot, he was extra he was extra happy to highlight Rams stuff on this on did, that broadcast. Did you
1: see him get pumped up when the Rams were running the ball, man? It was phenomenal. But so shout out to Vilma. So right along with the rest of the Rams all line, but uh Coleman especially, there was one play. When they were in the red zone, Coleman was eight, nine yards downfield, right? Yes,
0: I remember that one,
1: yeah. uh, uh, He was working on the nose tackle, whoever, and then got to the second level, man. And the running back, like, literally tripped over him. He was so far downfield, it was (laughs) awesome. But he played a great game. I don't think uh, we've talked about him enough. He's really been sort of the linchpin, the team monster on the other side, had a great game was caving people in on the right side but uh shout out to both of them and you know what I'm going to shout out um I'm going to shout out the Rams defense top 10 red zone scoring pre- think about that would we have even thought about that they're number 9 Mark can you imagine red zone scoring d
0: right i know, dude. It's incredible
1: they're 29th in sacks, right? That's definitely something for our, uh, the negative part of it. But, however, you're 29th in sacks and you're still top 10 in the red zone. Wow. Way to go, D.
2: Yeah, especially going in, we thought they were going to be really vulnerable to the run. And, uh, yeah, they've been pretty stout.
1: Yeah. That, yeah, really, really impressive. But, yeah, I, I definitely – and also we got to shout out Iron Kyron, man. Great game, great job. Unfortunately, he got hurt. and he got hurt in the fourth quarter, which really hurts. Um, But did a great job. Didn't let up. Um, You know, him getting hurt in the fourth quarter really highlights why it's so important to have that second back, to take the load off of him and keep him fresh. And uh, when we talk about, you know, moving forward and things like that, uh, of why they need a back, a good back that has a little bit of you know, um, sledgehammer to him to really maybe let Kyron get a breather on some of those uh tougher situations, those uh third and shorts. So, but yeah, shout out to Kyron, man! Unbelievable game, and it just shows the potential for this Rams offense on the ground.
0: This this offense, Paul, would be top 10 easily if we just would run the ball more consistent, it, it would be undeniable. Stafford was phenomenal in the passing game because. Why, when teams start to have to respect the run, they play a little tighter to the you know to the line of scrimmage, and then there's just more passing lanes open. And PFF had Stafford as the best quarterback in Week Six over a night. Oh wow, really? Nice. In terms of you know efficiency and all that, and it looked that way. All his throws were a plus. Think about those deep uh, third twenty-five to thirty-five yard deep out routes when. So, for anyone out there who's ever questioning, like, what's an NFL-level throw that, you know, that scouts talk about about the college quarterbacks coming in, those throws, can you throw a laser beam 20 to 35 yards on an in or an out on the money? That's high-level throws. And Stafford had that one to cup. He had another one to 2-2. And he had a second one to cup on those type of throws. And there's only about probably 10 quarterbacks in the entire league who can consistently hit that throughout a game. And Stafford's one of them. And he, he played great. He didn't throw the ball gazillion times, which is what we want, right? Let Stafford have his moments and then he'll shred people. So I think, I think, Gosh, just you just got to run the ball more. I'm just, it's just that simple.
2: And he really, uh, and that should have been a touchdown pass to Puka, and he barely missed Higby at the oh. goal
0: line as well. And those are going to be my negatives. I was going to bring up, but since we're on the on target, I mean, Puka's got to catch that. He's made tougher catches than that one. Think about all his highlights through the first six weeks. Higby, he's got to catch that. He catches that. He could just fall in the end zone. So we won't, we wouldn't be so anxiety filled going into the half. We would have had a couple scores and things would be feeling a lot better. Right. And let's keep it real. But Stafford had a great game. The film showed it. PFF agrees. And PFF agrees with the two linemen. I shouted out in the O-line as a whole. There's a lot of high grades on them too. Um, But great to see. Great to, you know, great to get a win, a must win that I called last week. Because like I said, if we were to be a two-win team, you can kiss all the potential trades away kiss away pretty much everything you were hopeful for this season. It's done, but we got it done. And it's, it's great to see the home crowd turn out too. Cause I called out the fan base the last couple of weeks. And when <laughs> I heard that they've showed up pretty massively and I'm happy to hear that, just got to keep doing yeah, and
1: that. That bomb to cup. It was like Tampa Bay all over again. Remember the Tampa Bay game? Oh yeah.
0: Like that, that and, and, game? and let me, I'll tell you guys what happened on that play, what I saw on film. So, for whatever foolish reason, they wanted to do a combo coverage on Arizona's defense where they went uh, they went quarters on one side and then they went uh, half coverage on the other. So they went quarter, quarter, half on the deep end. The corner who was guarding Cup, I'm blanking on his name, number 13, who just got shredded by Cup all game, by the way. He's the young, the young rookie. I'm just blanking on his name. Apologies. So they went combo coverage quarters, him, and then the safety. And basically, he just got caught looking in the, looking in the backfield, staring at Stafford's eyes. And Cup was like, no problem. See you later. <laughs> and then that was that was it. So it was a coverage bust. It was a, a bad moment for that corner. And I don't know why you're not doubling Cup in those moments, to be honest with you. And I'm grateful they did not. So that's why that play broke away. There's just a coverage bust in that cover six. I want to say they were running quarter quarter half in the deep end and the defense just messed up and we took advantage of it thank goodness and
1: Vilma said it best Vilma says if you're going to disrespect one of the best receivers in the league <laughs> yeah, if you're not the best receiver in the league you're going to pay the price so yep. and we did you know, make that
2: did you want to segue into the negatives yet Paul
1: yeah actually it's a, I, I think that's a perfect segue so before mm-hmm. Uh, we, we get into the uh, singling out um, players individually, just overall. So I once again, uh, Rams not playing 60 minutes of football. You know, that was a trend we had called out last week. One of yeah. my big trends is that it's happening again. You got to be able to play 60 minutes of football. And and listen, regardless of who you're playing, I know a lot of people are saying the last two games at home, they were uh, quality opponents. doesn't really matter. Right. You got to be able to win at home and you have to be dominant at home and you have to be able to. That's your advantage to beat quality opponents is to have home field advantage. That's why it's called home field advantage. So the Rams being able to win at home, definite plus. But on the downside, you got to play 60 minutes of football. You have to be able to dominate from the beginning to the end. I mean, you got your peaks and valleys in between, but, you know, you can't keep playing one half of football and expect to beat particularly quality teams and nothing no, against Arizona, right? So, like, I think Ian, I think to Ian's point, is that, you know, you're fortunate to walk away with a dominant win in the second, you know, with such a sec, dominant second half and have a, a really uh, fun win to watch, but it could have gone south very very easily so so that's one aspect of it obviously the injuries that's another uh aspect of it but two things i want to point out guys and ram nation i want you to pay attention to puka and ernest jones puka to me i mean look he's had a lot of looks a lot of targets and a lot of his catches have been in traffic and he's taking a lot of hits he's he's looking like yes really starting to wear down a little bit Right, he's really starting to feel it, and you could see it in him. He he's not as crisp; he's dropping passes he normally does not drop, Um, and it's natural. You know, it's it's a long season, right? Um, And if you take a look at the volume of of you know balls that have come his way, so it's only natural. So it's not really a criticism of him. Um, You know, sometimes we got to remind ourselves it's not Madden, right? But he's starting to feel it. Yep, he's definitely starting to feel it. And uh, Ernest Jones, this is the first game I really saw. He looked a step behind. Had a great game, though. But he was still – he looked like he was a step behind. Wasn't as physical. They've been blitzing him a lot. Um, he's been anchoring that uh, run defense. So um, I think he's starting to get worn down a little bit as well. Oh, and you know one of the shouts, Roseboom. We forgot to shout out Roseboom. We were talking uh, about yep
0: him. He's got he the, that IMT, the he's right? got the good, got the good hair lettuce, man.
1: <laughs> yeah, he, he he was looking he was looking sharp out there. Um very t- Troy. Uh, but one thing is that, you know, those two players and a, and a lot of other players too down the road, we're going to start to see it that they really have to be uh cognizant of the load management now with some of these younger guys. And some of the guys they're really uh leaning on so for me the big negative was not being able to play 60 minutes again you know and having to sort of uh wait to get everything going Ian, your thoughts
0: yeah i agree with that and to your point about Ernest, i mean he's if i'm wrong about this someone correct me but i want to say he's been battling a knee issue the last two three weeks is that right i mean yeah, he like was I've... on
2: the he was on the injury report as late as I think Wednesday or Thursday listed as questionable. Yeah.
0: So that's that, that that's a big factor, I think, Paul, is that he's just not a hundred percent, and I nobody is at this point in the year pushing the halfway point. Everyone's got some issue going on. It's you know how are you injured or are you hurt or are you just sore? You know the the levels of how how bad or how good your body's feeling. So Ernest is good enough to play, and that's just how great he's been playing our expectations are just so high because he's played at such a high level most teams would take his level of play this last sunday but you know what i'm saying and it's just it's it's good that we expect much and i'm sure he expects a ton out of himself as well but it's good to see that we have a young linebacker who's a baller so i i think the bye week will help him out a ton and i think he'll be feeling good for the, the second half run to get into the postseason but uh negatives um I'll start with I'll start with the defense since we're on that point we survived three touchdowns we did Josh Dobbs was bad Josh Dobbs this week luckily for us most of his game film through the first five weeks was pretty good everybody and I was like and I said this last week I was like Josh Dobbs is a good starting quarterback right the way he's playing and luckily that came to an end out here in LA <laughs> and we're lucky. We're very, very lucky. There was, um, we ran a combo coverage earlier in the game where we smartly put a witherspoon, our best corner, clearly on their best receiver Marquise Hollywood Brown. And he just flat out got beat witherspoon got flat out beat on the go route or a streak route, whatever you want to call it. And for anyone out there who doesn't know what that is, it's basically run straight up the field as far as you can. And it's a bomb, right? A go goes streak streak up the field and Aquilo was in press coverage missed the jam it was a good release by Marquise and he got beat but Josh Dobbs underthrew it and Aquilo was able to get a hand and swat it down if anyone remembers that play earlier in the game so we dodged that later in the game it was the same thing just on the opposite side of the field second quarter one-on-one opportunity Marquise had another great release Akillo missed the jam again but this time, Dobbs overthrew it out of bounds. And Marquise beat Akilah Wilson pretty convincingly on that one. And we lucked out. Another one we lucked out was on the interception Roseboom had. Uh, Rondell Moore was in the slot on the left side. And he ran a reverse pivot, you know, kind of slant in hybrid route. It was kind of like a free, kind of like a freelancing route where Ernest Jones was on him, and Ernest had no great leverage on him at all. And Dobbs just didn't see it. If he throws that, Rondell Moore catches that and gets in the end zone easily. And that would have changed the game dramatically at that point as well. But luckily, he made a bad, you know, behind pass to Zach, um, Zach Ertz, and that's when Roseboom picked it off. So those are three major bullets that we dodged throughout the game. And luckily, Josh Dobbs was bad Josh Dobbs and not starting quarterback Josh Dobbs the first, you know, five weeks. So those are things that I was, you know, sometimes it just comes to talent and skill. Akilah will probably work on his jams, and that probably won't happen because, you know, we're going to continue to face top-level fast receivers, and this, you know, we still have a long marathon to go in this 2023 season. But those are things that we got lucky with. Let's just call it what it is. We got lucky, and we (laughs) held it together, and we made the plays that we needed to when they were there. So those are some negatives. Other than on defense... I would say just tackling on the mobile quarterbacks. That's something that we're going to, you know, slowly start getting away with soon. Thankfully, you know, we had this three-week gauntlet of of hyper-mobile quarterbacks, running quarterbacks. And this game, it was an issue for a while, tackling Dobbs when he would scramble. And that's something that will continue, hopefully, to improve. Because, guys, in practice, they don't allow you to tackle, according to the CBA and the NFL Players Union. You can't hit anybody in practice. So I know everyone's like practice it, practice it. This is in 1985 where everyone's you know running uh, Oklahoma drills and practice every other day. <laughs> it's not like that anymore. So these are something, these things of tackling and wrapping up properly and doing all that. It should improve with time and and patience. So we just got to be patient in that respect. But those are my two main negatives on defense. Other than that, it was a it was a nice game defensively. I I felt.
1: And yeah, to, I've, I've, to extend I've been, the go ahead
2: go ahead, Mark. I was just gonna say you kinda touched on it touched on it, Ian. It seems like we've had a long running issue defending third and longs and uh against mobile quarterbacks especially. Oh, I almost yeah. feel like I'd rather I'd rather we are facing a third and four, uh defending a third and four than a third and twelve. Um I there's been worry, a man. bunch of them this season.
1: Yeah, and just extending the talk about you know unfortunate uh, scenarios for the defense is that uh, the incident after the game with the, uh, Darion Kendrick, um, right, uh, getting arrested, uh, felony. Oh, uh, yeah. Yep. It, it, for Ram Nation, um, if you remember from our draft roundtable, uh, when he got drafted, that was the incident that happened when he was at Clemson, I think. He had that similar, virtually the same incident at Clemson which is one of the reasons they said he had transferred over to uh, to Georgia. So, um, and Paul, to that
0: point, I, I do have more info on that whole situation. Yeah, go ahead. I, mean, not, I, don't, I don't have deep knowledge. Let's, let's keep it real here. But from when I've read from articles from Dabo Sweeney in that time frame a couple of years ago, and from Darion, he was dismissed originally because he was not showing up to school and practice because he was a young father. He had two kids at the age of eight, you know, 17, 18, 19. And one of his children was very ill in the hospital. Right. And it was a lack of communication that Darion had, had told reporters. And even Dabble Sweeney said that he chose family over sports, which I understand, but because of that lack of clarification with the university and the football program, they released him. He's like, Hey man, this is, we, we can't, keep giving you a scholarship if you're just not going to show up to school in any form so he got dismissed dabble had nothing bad to say other than you know talk and said great things about Darion two three months later he's asleep with his 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 baby mama I assume his girlfriend and that's when uh police found him at three you know two three four in the morning and arrested him then with you know a gun charge I think a small marijuana charge on top of it. So that was after he got dismissed from Clemson. Luckily, Georgia, you know, was like, "Hey, we'll take your talents." And he figured it out and played good football there. And then became a Ram. So it's unfortunate that this is the second arrest in like a two and a half year span for the same charges. And I don't know how deep it is. And you said it's a felony. I did not know that, and that's unfortunate. Well, they,
1: I mean, theoretically, it could be. I mean, however, they, yeah, yeah. But theoretically, just the fact that he's in that scenario again, um, it might might be a lesser charge. But the fact that he's you know back in that scenario again, you know, it's just, you know, it's terrible for him. It's terrible for his family. Yeah. It's terrible for the Rams. Um, you know, it's it's a it's a wasted opportunity for him, really, to, you know, he has an opportunity here to. Being an nfl player like and like we said last time at the draft roundtable, right change the trajectory the course of you know his uh life for the you know for the positive so we hope yeah
0: and, and paul he's gonna get suspended it's if if yeah I, don't, I mean there's obviously no word on his bail or anything like that and obviously those those things should be kept to the family i understand that but you know info gets leaked and shot out into the the digital universe so easily now that we can find these things just like i found these articles and interviews about, you know, his time at Clemson and, and with him and Dabo. But I think anytime you get arrested, the league's ready to uh suspend you. It's, it's very rare that they don't uh, you know, give you the proverbial slap on the wrist and say, All right, you're missing time, dude. So I expect I expect him to miss time, unfortunately. And that's just the reality of the situation that he's caught up in, you know, again, sadly. So we'll see what happens. I, I do wish him well and I hope whatever whatever's going on with him, whatever he feels like he needs a gun at two in the morning after a game and all that uh I hope that's figured out where he doesn't have to have that anxiety in life you know and, and hey, I'm someone that's pro bare arms and all that but damn dude yeah you're, you're you're a rich dude it's it's all right man no one's coming after you i mean from what i from what i know shoot and the, and the rams, I know, right
1: right, and the ram's draft strategy has always been uh, we always reference it, right? Mark at the round table, they tend to uh, put character first, right? They tend to go for the players, high character players. We saw that with Puka, right? And and other players and the Rams, this draft on two players, Stetson Bennett and Kendrick, right? They really look past some some things that were already out there. um, And that's why they went lower in the draft, right? And Obviously we're hoping Sets of Bennett's doing okay. There were some rumors about what happened with Bennett. Uh we know what happened um post uh you know, right right before the draft when Bennett had that incident uh with you know with the alcohol incident. So and so it just goes back to show, right, that you know, some there's something to that when you put character first. So we hope both these players actually get a positive resolution to whatever yeah. it is, but you could see how it does. you know, it's not just lip service. There, you know, not just the Rams and other teams as well. When they pay attention to that, it's for there's a legitimate reason. These players make a lot of money. They're in the limelight. There's a there's a lot of temptation out there. Uh, they need a lot of structure, particularly when they're young, to help them. They need mentoring, which is really really important as well. So, um, just something to keep keep in mind uh, because it's a reality, right? and we hope it works out well for these two players but that is just something yes. that after you know reading that it's just very disheartening but um to to continue it also in terms of some of the some of the negatives um and now taking a look at um how that's going to play into trends right Mark and Ian is so right off the bat Tomlinson might get some more playing time, right? At cornerback, we saw Shelly was in the game.
0: Yeah, uh, I think it might be Shelly instead. I mean, look at it. if if the coaching staff felt good about Trey and I think Trey could play. If he started, I wouldn't feel any negative way about it, but obviously the staff feels that that Shelly who, you know, was a good player for the Vikings actually everybody. One of their I know everyone can look back at last year's Vikings and say their defense was terrible, which they had a lot of bad moments, but Shelly was actually one of the very good bright spots, which is which is why it was a shock that he was around to to sign for so long, you know. So I think he's going to get the nod at first. I really do. And hey, think about that time when he stepped in against the 49ers when Akilah was cramping for a couple drives. He played really well. He had that big pass breakup. Uh, he he's played he's played well in his moments, and he's played well in his young career too. So I I know you're saying Trey Ball, but I feel like I feel like Shelly is gonna get the nod, at least the first chance to to help us out and keep the flow going, you know.
1: Yeah, definitely yeah. Shelly, Shelly's Shelly's gonna get in there, but I have a feeling that Thomas is gonna be right behind him. They're gonna to try to develop Thompson as well, because Thompson has definitely shown, particularly in the preseason, he showed that ability that he can play and that he can cover. And also, you know, shout out to Kobe Durant. You know, now that I look at my list here, Kobe Durant, what a bounce back game. Great bounce back game. I texted yes. Mark, man. I was really proud of Kobe, man. Uh, played physical, made some really good plays. But the secondary is going to be interesting now when we start looking at the depth, right? Um, so Shelly's going to have to play, obviously uh, pick up the slack, but they're definitely going to need to have another corner behind him. And it would be yeah. nice to see Tomlinson out there because I'm really excited for him. I think he's going to be a dynamic
0: cornerback for the Rams. Mark, I know. But- I think he's, he's going to develop as well. And shout out to Coach Aubrey Pleasant, who was with us left to detroit detroit had their issues yep, and he obviously got you know let go unfortunately on his end but he's talked about it and anyone who watched those behind the grind episodes that the rams you know released before the season every year there was a good episode of him and raheem morris doing their little morning walk around the facility in the neighborhood there and a great neighborhood by the way very nice hills and it looks like a good uh <laughs> a good uh a good deep conversation trail uh blazer right <laughs> so there was an episode where they were were featured and they were going to walk, and Coach Aubrey Pleasant mentioned about all the learning that he did or went through in Detroit, the good, the bad, a lot of ugly with the defense and how much that grew his knowledge of the game, his appreciation for coaching, the amount of energy that's required when things are good and when things are really bad, like his time in Detroit. And I think it's shown with this young group our everyone that stepped on the field think about it we're naming obviously we're going second third fourth string down the line of corners right now right paul and when they've all been in they've all done their job and played well and i think it's a big credit to to his individual coaching on a daily basis coach Arby pleasant it's good to have him back and i don't know if the secondary would be as good if he wasn't the individual coach for us yeah mark your thoughts
2: I did want to mention that McVeigh made a comment suggesting that, well, he just made a made the statement that he has safeties that can also cover. Um, I'm not sure if that means one of them are going to rotate over there, but maybe uh, just supplement the coverage in some way more more than normal anyways. And I'm th- thinking maybe, maybe this is a time to pull up Cameron McCutcheon. They're going to have to pull up someone from the practice squad, I would think, since I don't think they've added a cornerback. And there's another cornerback on the practice squad, and I was just doing a dive for his name, and I can't find him. But uh, I, Cameron McCutcheon's a, a bigger cornerback that played well in the preseason, so maybe we'll see him. Um, maybe not getting snaps, but he'll, he'll probably be pulled up. That would be my guess.
0: Yeah, we we need a body. Bodies are starting to go. Yeah. Jeez, jeez.
2: Okay, Ram fans, I hope you enjoyed that. That's the first half of our weekly roundtable with Ian Martinez and Paul Walia. We'll be back with the second half tomorrow, our next drop. We're also going to try to slip in our loop around the league and our power rankings, but we also have Tom Court's crossover segment with a Steelers podcaster that'll be in a couple of days. Lots of good content coming at you between now and this Ram Steelers game. Out here for now from Rams Up. That's going to do it for this episode. Remember, you can reach us at Podcast at gmail.com and don't forget about our YouTube channel. Our handle is at laramsup.com Till next time, keep the horns up. Stay safe and have fun out there.